It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to another episode of Jacob's Cabin. This is Anna. And Denise. And we are excited to bring you yet another feedback episode today. Um, We spent our past two episodes going over feedback on just the finale of Lost. And now we have some feedback from before that. So we're sort of taking a step back to the week before the finale because we didn't do a podcast, a regular podcast with feedback and stuff that week, if you recall, because... There were only a few days between that and the finale itself. Well, plus really awesome Lost Talk Live thingy. Yes. On our normal... Was that our normal podcasting night? Um, it was now. Thursday night. Yeah. So it kind of took up our extra time that week. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Well, plus you had to get ready to go out of town. Yes. For yes. an awesome Lost party. Wow, that seems like such a long time ago. <laughs> well, what's today? Today's... Tomo- the finale was a month ago Almost tomorrow. Almost a month ago. Wow. It's been a really fast month. Yes, it has. Have you watched any Lost since the finale? I watched the finale three times, and I haven't really watched any since, except I saw a couple scenes when my mom was starting to watch season one. Yay! Yeah. Yeah, like, I that's wa- all I've watched. I rewatched the finale one time, but I've been working a lot, so I haven't watched <laughs> any, and I've been watching Buffy, and it's kind of nice just to take a little time and just kind of let everything sink in yeah. before we start our rewatch later this summer. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, so we've got a bunch of emails, a few blog comments, and uh, some voicemails. So I think we're going to start where we kind of left off last time. We had a couple of voicemails from Alan, and we just played one because we had three really great ones. And then I went back and we had even more. So um, we'll play two from the finale and then um, comment on those, and then I think we'll play the other ones from previous to the finale. Alan's awesome. Yep. Hello, Anna and Denise. This is Alan from Schaumburg calling in yet again with more thoughts on the season six finale of Lost, The End, and thoughts on the show in general. Before I begin, Anna, I just left you some feedback on your new podcast, The Books of Lost, under E. Caravello 3. You sound great, and I'm looking forward to listening through our mutual friend, through the uh, moonbeam of your voice, <laughs> and on listening to any other books you decide to tackle ongoing. So count me in as a loyal listener to your next project, Anna. Uh, four quick points regarding hour one of the finale. I'm Breaking down hour one, I still have yet to really dive into hour two, but I'm trying to do it piece by piece. The four points I wanted to run by you ladies regarding hour one, 
first of all, my lock prediction at the beginning of the season, Jack fixing Locke's spine and that being the event that turns the story in the balance to the positive for our losties. Well, that didn't really play out as I hoped it would have to prove my geniusness. So yet another fail for predictions on Allen. So I want to be upfront about that. Uh, my favorite scene from hour one was the scene in the valley when Jack, Sawyer, Kate, and Hurley confronted Man in Black, Ben, and Desmond. And uh, I, I really felt a, a great tension in, in my gut, and it set my mind racing because that scene really set the stage for what we were going to experience on the island, you know, throughout the rest of the finale. And I, I just thought that scene was great. I haven't heard it mentioned too often outside of Kate emptying, you know, um, all of her rounds minus one into Man in Black to no effect. I haven't heard much in the way of the actual dialogue between Jack and Man in Black, but I just thought that was riveting and some of the great, greatest dialogue written in the series. Another point related to the alternate timeline slash purgatory, Charlotte and Dan, you'll Faraday at the concert. They did make a physical connection, yet there was no flash, no remembrance on either character. Slight remembrance, I would say. Charlotte had a little bit of recognition in her face. Dan, a little bit more so. But I was curious what you ladies thought as to why Charlotte and Daniel did not experience the same awakening that our other losties did, and in turn, why did they not make the final appearance in the church? Well, I presume, in, you know, uh, um, Eloise Hawking explained the situation with Daniel. She wanted him to stay, and Desmond agreed that he wouldn't take him. But that still doesn't explain why they, Charlotte and Daniel did not experience the awakening because they seem to have as much of a love connection as, you know, the majority of our other characters who did experience the awakening. And that leads to my final point. Love connection outside of Saeed and Shannon, which I've called and mentioned before. I still can't wrap my mind around it even half a week later actually a, a full week later now, uh, that, that's really, that was really the only event that rang rather hollow to me in the finale. And I've heard other fans discuss it and other podcasters discuss it, and I think it can be summed up simply as Shannon was Saeed's tie to the island or Shannon was... Saeed's tied to the island through Jack's eyes, or Nadia was, in fact, not Saeed's true once-in-a-lifetime love. But that final point, I just cannot believe what we were told throughout the series, that 
Nadia and Saeed were meant to be, and they were just fated not to come together in the end. But, uh, yeah, I, I just uh, – that's that's the one fail I have for the writers in the finale. I, I don't think that was well executed and, uh, you know, well conceived at all. Um, all right, I'm running way over here. I apologize. But uh, I will be listening. I uh, just finished the um, – Miss Wendy and Anna podcast, as well as the Anna and Denise podcast. So, still around, still listening, still eager to hear everybody's thoughts, and we'll catch you soon. Goodbye. Hello, Anna and Denise. This is Alan from Schaumburg calling in again. It is Saturday afternoon, about 12.30, June the 5th. It's been now, what, two weeks since the finale, and I'm still mulling over ideas. I completed a rewatch of the second hour of the finale a few days ago, and a thought occurred to me that I wanted to run by you ladies for discussion, and it relates to the light in the church. What struck me when Christian opened the doors and the light flowed in over our losties was a look of wonderment on their faces, which reminded me of the look of wonderment on the faces of young boy in black and Jacob when mother first took them to the well and a theory occurred to me that where the losties are actually going is a return to the heart and soul of the island and by that I mean mother had mentioned to Boy in Black and Jacob that the light of the island is a part of each and every human being on the planet, but what if the opposite was actually true and the light on the island actually contained the soul and the spirit of every human being on earth or even select human beings on earth who had passed on to the next plane and the island itself represents the next plane for those who are virtuous enough to attain that level of enlightenment. And uh, I hesitate to say enlightenment a bit because I don't want to steer down too religious of a path, but the similarities between the looks on the faces of the boys and the looks on the faces of the losties when they first encountered the light really resonated with me, and maybe there was some more some more similarity and allegorical resonance to that life than just simply uh representation of a generic next plane, but maybe the island itself is the next plane, and that's where our losties are destined to spend their next next existence well. It's a thought. Mull it over. Discuss amongst yourselves. And I'll be eagerly awaiting your next podcast. Take care, Anna and Denise. Goodbye. Thanks, Alan. Always great to hear from you. Um, on your very first point, you were predicting that Jack fixing Locke's spine would be the turning point in the story. And you said you were wrong about that, but I don't really think that you were. Because, you know, Jack really started to have some serious flashes there. I mean, he didn't understand what was going on he still. He suppressed them. 
Yeah. He, like, forcibly put them out of his mind. Like, I don't want to remember that. Yeah, but I would still say that that's a pretty decent turning point. I certainly yeah. wouldn't call it not a turning point. Yeah, and if you, you think back to all the dialogue they had around that, they definitely said some significant things. Even way before the surgery, the conversation in the hallway that they had a couple uh-huh. episodes before the finale. I mean, it was just full of everything that they used to argue about, science versus faith, and that's yep. what it came down to again. And Jack used science to fix Locke, and then... But Locke still had to have the faith that Jack could fix him. And so it's still those two things crossing paths again. Um, I also like the scene that Alan pointed out with the the tension just in that Uh that, um, hillside when everybody met up in the finale. And um, even aside from Kate shooting at Man in Black and (laughs) Ben and Desmond dropping to the ground... uh, I just, I love Jack saying, like, it's a surprise. I know, that <laughs> How was... are you going to kill me? Surprise. That was so great. <laughs> um, and then Charlotte and Daniel, um, he pointed out that there's there was a physical connection. They did shake hands. Uh-huh. I personally don't think that Charlotte remembered anything. And we know Daniel had already had flashes. Yeah. Because he talked about, he talked about um, seeing her eating chocolate or something. Yeah, I think so. But I don't think she remembered anything and... I don't know, if they didn't show us that he was at least having flashes on his side, I don't know that if we can assume that he was having flashes, even at that point. Because yeah. they weren't ready, for some reason, whatever reason. And I don't think it had to do with how much they loved each other, because Alan was saying, well, they, they loved each other as much as any other two characters on the show that were shown to have a romantic relationship. But I don't think it's about the strength of the love, I think it's more about the other things that they're doing in the sideways to be ready to move on. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, they did love each other, but not quite, you know, really to the same level, in my opinion. You know, like, he yeah, and they didn't he really the loved her, but, you know, she wasn't really quite there yet, I don't think. And like mm-hmm. you said, they didn't really have time to develop their relationship or anything. Right, which is maybe why they need more time in the sideways. Yeah. Um, and then Alan's second voicemail was about the light in the church, and that was really interesting. What if... Um, part of the light is part of every person, but part of every person is also part of the light. I'm not really sure how it would play out as spending their next existence on the island. Would it, it wouldn't be on the island itself, right? It would be, like, in the light, in the heart of the island? Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, is, I mean, would maybe the island morph into just an island paradise heaven sort of thing? For the next plane, I don't know. Plane? What I about mean, the I people that know. were already living on it, or that kept living on it? What about a generation after Hurley and Ben? Well, but this would probably be, you know, another kind of like another, since it's another plane of his existence, another kind of level of reality or something. You know, so not... it would sort of coexist with the island, sort of like the people like Michael who are there, but only certain people can see them. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm picturing because I don't think it, That's it what would I'm actually picturing. be the island. Because then if everybody on the Earth kind of made their own little afterlife place, you'd take over the whole Earth. <laughs> There'd be no place left for people to live. So I, I could Would see it be being a bacon that. factory? <laughs> There's bacon factories? <laughs> they call, if like, you invented them! <laughs> uh, bacon processing plant, how's that? <laughs> yeah, maybe we should think about it too much. <laughs> We'll just uh, return to Donald's Myth Arc finale where we were opening up a bacon bacon shop or something. Yeah, all bacon restaurant. Bacon fried bacon. <laughs> bacon fried bacon. Yeah. But um, 
he did, Alan did make a good comparison between the boys looking at the light and having uh-huh. this look of, on their face of, wow, what is this? And the people looking around at the light as it engulfed them. So, but then I guess to make that connection fully, you also have to think, well, what happened when the light in the cave in the tunnel went away? Would that mean mm. that the afterlife would stop existing? So that would make me think, well, maybe there's not such a strong connection. Although if there's no time in the afterlife, then maybe taking out the plug would just be a little blip and nobody would ever notice Yeah, that they be like stopped existing for a second and then started existing someone again. Someone hiccuped or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know about that. But uh, I think we have a couple more voicemails from Alan, shorter ones, um, and they are from the week before the finale. So let's listen to those. Hello, Anne and Denise. This is Alan from Schaumburg calling in after episode 13 of season 6, What They Died For. Just logged on to the site and noticed that comments will probably not be making it onto a podcast until the finale airs, which is fine. Just wanted to share a couple thoughts with you ladies. First of all, it was nice to see Danielle Rousseau return as Alex's mother with some makeup and uh, salon treatments this time. It's a little odd to see her coming on to Ben that way, but uh, that is the alternate timeline, right? So, Also, need to see Ana Lucia make a last appearance as well. Uh, kind of a downer to have her come back as a dirty cop, but so it goes in the alternate timeline again. My main point I'd like you ladies to discuss for this week regards Ben. In the alternate timeline, he's as pure and lily white as he's ever been, shedding a tear for Alex when Rousseau tells him that he's the closest thing to a father she's ever had. Yet, on the island, he seems to have reverted back to his <clears throat> excuse me, evil ways, cutting down Widmore in cold blood for, granted, a uh, tangible reason and willing to kill anyone else that Man in Black asks him to. So I'd like to hear your thoughts as to which way Ben seems to be going here as we come down to the finale of our favorite serial science fiction fantasy romance story on network. I'm very pleased with the direction the seasons went, and I'm very excited about the finale as everyone else is. I think we're going to have a great two and a half hours of Lost. Sad it's coming to an end, but all good things must come to an end, right? So we'll see where it goes. I'll be sure to give you a call after the finale, and I always look forward to hearing your thoughts, ladies. Take care. Speak with you soon. Anne and Denise, this is Alan from Schaumburg again. One other point I'd like to make to you. I'd like to scoreboard a bit in advance of the finale. We'll see how it plays out, but I direct you back to the first podcast of season six that you ladies did, my very first call-in. I made mention of Jack performing surgery on Locke being the crucible that would tip the balance to our losties. I'm feeling good about it now. I'm eager to see where it goes, but uh, if it does come to pass, I invite you and everybody else to go back to that first podcast. But I mentioned that surgery specifically as being a key aspect to the conclusion of the story. So, speak with you soon. Bye-bye. 
Oh, Alan, we are sorry also that your prediction didn't quite work out the way that you had envisioned with the surgery, but, you know, it, we'll it stick was to not, our earlier point. That it it was, was not a big failure, I don't It was think. still important in some ways. So, um, Alan's main question was, Ben, which way did you think he was going before the finale? Did you think he was going to end up as the good guy or the bad guy? I don't know. He seemed like he was going to end up being pretty dirty. I thought he was going to end up as the good guy, but I've always kind of held that he's going to be okay, like... Hannah, yeah, no, you have so much faith in people. <laughs> <laughs> even in Benjamin Lyons. <laughs> I mean, even... Uh, although, actually, I'll have to say that maybe I doubted a little bit when he killed Widmore. But he kind of had it coming. And that was revenge that it was sort of inevitable for Ben to take that when he had the opportunity. Not that I agree with it, but... <laughs> I could understand it coming from Ben's character, but I still wouldn't say that that would make me think that he was just on a downward path into evilness. So, you know, Ben, ultimately he's okay. Yeah, I mean, he ended up well, otherwise he wouldn't have been a good number two. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely had more ups and downs in his entire path. But, more, but that's why more we loved. End, that's think. why we loved watching him be yeah. Ben. You know. Yeah, because you can almost predict what he's gonna do, but then you can't always say, and, "Oh, he's gonna act like this," because this is the way he is. Because then he'll go and surprise you. Yeah, and, and then I mean, he, does he just always just, kept us guessing. And he does things that break your heart, like say, "She's not my daughter." Yeah, I stole her as an infant, and that you're was like, no, so no, harsh. No, no, no. <laughs> like Kimi's ruthless. Don't do that. Um, and then um, Alan also said that little thing about. The show is like a sci-fi fantasy romance, and as we were listening, we were like, "Oh, that's like two sentences describing yeah. Lost almost." So it was a good two sentences. That was cool too. Okay, shall we have some uh, written comments here? Okay. These are from JJ on the blog, and um, wow, I don't even remember what episode this is from. I guess this is recently. Oh, it is recently. These were written very recently. They were written Monday. No, wait, <laughs> Sunday. I I can oh. do calendars. No, that is Monday. <laughs> yeah. It's been oh, a long week, today? guys, and it's that only... That might be today. No, today is the 22nd. It is? Yes. Oh. Yesterday was the 21st, because oh, yesterday right, was the right. first day of summer. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> well, I didn't miss it, but... <laughs> okay, so this is One long JJ. blooper that we're just going to leave in for you guys. Yes. <laughs> and whoever wrote on the blog, uh, Guinevere, I think, wrote on the blog yeah. that she was disappointed we didn't have any bloopers last time. Well, so. after 53 episodes, sometimes we just don't make mistakes. No, just kidding. <laughs> we just don't always have exciting bloopers to put at the end, or we just get lazy and we leave them in there, like right now. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. JJ's comment, finally. We don't make mistakes, whatever. <laughs> just kidding. When Richard said, we're all dead, I never knew he meant it literally, but he was referring to the sideways world. Why did we never pick up on this? Although we never saw Richard in the sideways world, no. so he might not have been referring quite to that exactly. Also, when Locke stepped out of his wheelchair, he did so because he had his awakening. If this sideways world is just an illusion, he could have walked out of his wheelchair at any time because he was never a cripple, just like Jack never had a son. Huh. That's a different way of looking at it. He was never a cripple? Yeah. Like, time didn't matter, and other physical constraints didn't really matter as well? Okay, so if time didn't matter, maybe he really could have had time to build up all those leg muscles that would have atrophied from years of <laughs> being a paraplegic. <laughs> all right, and then JJ says, I can't summarize Lost in two sentences, but I thought I would leave these closing remarks. 
It's a long road to redemption from transgression. Sin is where our souls are lost, but redemption takes our souls out of darkness into the light to be found again, just like the song Amazing Grace. Most of us need to be broken down and made malleable to be able to be molded into our true potential. Like steel in a furnace, a blacksmith can shape steel to whatever shape he needs, but it needs to be malleable enough to do that. Through circumstances unknown, we all go through trials, whether they are contributed to our choices or transgressions, it all points us in the direction that we need to be placed to find our direction in life. All the characters have been broken down. Locke had been a broken man before he even got to the island. Some meant going off the island to be broken down, and Sawyer and Juliet experienced that feeling in the season 5 finale. As you submit to Destiny's Will, you will be able to find your true potential and find whatever purpose life has in stall for you. Wow. I like his stuff about, um, the, basically the point where they're broken down, their lowest point, that mm -hmm. it, it came at different points for different people. And even for some of them off island, like Jack, basically being despairing about to jump off a bridge and taking drugs and growing his beard out and, you know, making all <laughs> those really foolish choices. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Um, because that was one thing that sort of seems strange to me after this season, knowing that they were all candidates. I kept wondering, well, why did Jacob ever let the Oceanic Six leave the island? Was it to keep them safe from the Man in Black for a while? or But to have some of them reach their lowest points there, maybe that was why. Maybe that's why it was okay, because it was all part of the process. Because, I mean, they, like, they always said the island's not done with you yet. Well, that was all just part of his plan, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, thanks, JJ. We really enjoyed your comment there. Um, we've got this great email. It's about something that uh, we said in the last podcast, and Denise has not seen this yet, but it has to do with her wedding music and stuff. So you're really going to enjoy this. Uh, this is from Beth, who also sent us a picture of a cake that she made for their last finale party. And it is a really cool cake. There's water, and there's beach sand-looking stuff, and then there are these two mounds this big mound thing it's like the island and then she's put different things it on it it's sad to eat that cake it would be because it's so cool looking it's got the four toed statue the glowing cave radio tower a dharma hatch um the airplane wreckage the raft out on the water it's really cool it's a really cool cake and uh thanks for the picture beth That's you should really post great. a picture on the blog yeah we could do that we could we could post a picture on the blog because it looks really cool but here's what she says. Hello, Anna and Denise. I was just listening to your latest podcast and got to the part about the video game music homage Denise did for her wedding. I love that and now have the Zelda theme stuck in my head. Yay! My husband and I were married January 2nd of this year, and I planned it to be then so the wedding and honeymoon would be over before loss started back. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be able to enjoy the last season without being too distracted to enjoy it. Psychotic, I know. No, we understand. <laughs> Very much understand. Yes. I was having my eye surgery the day before Lost came back, and I'm like, I'm going to be able to see tomorrow, right? <laughs> anyway, I knew I had to include Lost somehow. Unfortunately, my husband thinks the show is silly, even after watching seasons one through five with me, so it had to be subtle. So, I had put together a playlist on my iPod for our reception music and slipped Life and Death, Oceanic 815, and Parting Words from Season 1 soundtrack on there. Aww. I clipped out the creepy-sounding parts at the end of some of them. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yes, <laughs> we do. We're singing it. <laughs> and they sounded great at the reception. I'm sure no one noticed but me, but it was like Lost was at my wedding in the midst of talking with family and friends and such. I would hear my songs playing and it made me smile. Aww. Well, I just wanted to share that with you. No one in my real life can appreciate it like us Losties can. 
So well, happy almost anniversary because next Friday will be her six month wedding oh, anniversary. Yes. Happy anniversary. And I don't just like randomly know that off the top of my head. Because it's your birthday. Well, and it it's is your my wedding birthday, anniversary. But June, um, January 2nd is my half birthday. So uh-huh. I always know that. Half birth anniversary, huh? <laughs> okay. Uh, here's another email. This is a kind of older one from Coke Logic, but uh, we'll finally make it onto the podcast at last. This is from March. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry to Coke Logic, but I did tell him that we would get this on here eventually. And he's saying it's much too long for any podcast, but hey, we're going to read this anyway, so here we go. I'm, I think I'm on to something about Jacob's List in relation to the smoke monster, so I thought I'd share. The pilot of Flight 815, Seth Norris, was killed in Episode 1 because he wasn't a candidate. We've seen, with the Black Rock and the French team, Smokey kills people as they arrive on the island, the pilot of Flight 815 being no different. He was the closest to Smokey's area, so he was the first to be killed. The people around the pilot and Smokey were Shepard, Austin, and Pace, all three candidates. Rousseau survived because of gin and 16 years on the island, but she would have only been scanned by Smokey since she too was a candidate. Perhaps the banyan trees didn't protect anything, it's just the times we've seen people being protected by them, we were seeing candidates Smokey couldn't kill. One of Jacob's many lists was who to kidnap after Ethan and Goodwin did reconnaissance of who crashed on Flight 815. The people on Jacob's list were good people, being kidnapped and brought to the temple for their own good, so Smokey wouldn't slaughter them. People in the tail section were kidnapped because Goodwin got the list back to the others so Jacob could make his list. Ethan lost sight of the plan when he became obsessed with Claire's pregnancy and didn't turn in his list, which might be contradicted in the talk between Juliet and Ben in the episode The Other Woman. The losties from the fuselage were made up of good people never kidnapped and should have been killed by Smokey, and flawed people who would be Jacob's candidates. The one asterisk being, and this has only been speculated by fans, that Ben lied to the others and said Jack was on the save capture list so that Ben could make Jack want to remove the tumor from his spine. And it's also theorized the surgery would not have been a success if Jack was forced to do the procedure and did not want to do it. So read this as, free will made it work. Hmm. One person to escape the kidnapping by sheer strength was Mr. Echo, leading me to believe that he was not a candidate. So it would seem candidates aren't the only people who are scanned and manipulated to kill Jacob. But once Smokey... Um, but once Smokey saw that Echo wasn't going to work out as a viable option to kill Jacob, the smoke monster killed him like he had originally intended. There's no evidence that Richard Alpert was a candidate, yet he was scanned and sent to kill Jacob. So if Alpert didn't come back to Man in Black with a cushy new job from Jacob, he would have been dead. One thing that's still unclear is if Smokey ever had the job of being the judgment of the island. I believe it's just a misconception by Ben. Echo thought he was being judged, but he was just killed when he was of no more use. Ben thought he was being judged, but it was just a trick to keep him in line. What do you think? I have to say that I don't necessarily think that they were being judged. I kind of agree with that. Mm -hmm. You know, that might have been what they called it or what they assumed it was, but... I mean, after watching everything, it doesn't seem like they were probably being judged then. Right, I don't think so either. I think it was just manipulation by Smokey, and I wonder who was the first one to even plant the idea in their mind so that Ben would say, oh, I need to go back there and be judged. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Coke even... logic is so ahead of things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if Ben had ever really been to the temple. I mean, besides when he was a kid, had he ever actually been there? Like, you and mean how... Ben down inside and everything? Like, yeah, even just in the area, it, 
I, yeah, I, don't I know. didn't get the impression that he had ever really been back and communicated very much with those people. Um, I guess he could have, you know, sent correspondence back and forth, but how would he know to go to the temple and be judged? And even if, if Smokey can't go to the temple because of, I don't know, <laughs> because Dogen or whoever is keeping him out, then how could he get inside to judge people? It's all very strange. It's like all these people are coexisting very near to each other because you've got the people in the temple and then you've got Smokey right there and they don't yeah. even seem to notice. Oh, look, the smoke monster's working against our purposes right under our nose. Why don't we put ash around the temple wall or something? Hmm. So, yeah, Coke yeah. Logic had a lot of good points here. Um, I mean, he's really thought thoroughly about who's on the list and who's not and all these good people, bad people, and... I mean, it does seem like at times, Smokey has tried to kill everybody who's not on the list. And yeah. everybody who's on the list. Um, or maybe he knows he can't Smokey kill them once Smokey just really likes to kill people. Yeah, but then sometimes he just leaves them alone. Like, 48 people from the original crash, and so many of them live. I mean, they got killed off eventually, red shirt style, but they they really lasted a long time. I think. I mean, yeah. Some of them were still around when they moved into the barracks in season four. Yep. So, yeah. I don't know. We have the best listeners and the best <laughs> contributors by far, I think. Yes. That was a really good email. Thank you, Coke Logic. Okay. How about another voicemail? Okay. Or even two voicemails. Here's two from Methodic John. Hey, ladies. It's Methodic John. Got a little bit of a sore throat. Apologies if, uh, if I'm too incoherent. But um, just wanted to call in on the candidate. Um, interesting episode. Uh, clearly, they're you know moving the story forward. Um, it's kind of hard to get sad about Sun and Jin dying when they're alive in the sideways. And it makes me wonder. I mean, it's pretty obvious that sideways is the new reality. It seems like. I mean, they wouldn't get rid of the sideways at this point, I guess. So, makes me wonder what the next big twist is going to be because Lost has always been about twists. So I really can't imagine that they're just going to suddenly say, sideways is the new reality. Ta-da! And kind of end it. I mean, I, I kind of feel like there should be something next. So I guess my question is, what's the next big thing? Um, but I'm actually trying hard not to theorize because the more I feel like I theorize, the more I feel like it's tearing away at the excitement. Um, Terry Quinn was interviewed in a local magazine here called Baltimore. Take a guess where I'm from. And um, apparently he said something to the extent of, you know, it's easy to get frustrated, but don't, don't, don't be frustrated. And I've actually met him a handful of times uh, in real life pretty lucky in that regard. We have the same grocery store. I've seen him a handful of times. And, you know, if the man himself says, uh, it's frustrating, but don't get frustrated, keep the faith, then, I, you know, then I'm inclined to uh, bite my tongue and uh, try to go with the flow, even if I thought, you know, the cage scene, you know, Kate could have, you know, climbed out the top or all of the millions of things that we're all thinking, um, go with the flow, you know, we're trying really hard to 
push back the frustration and go with the flow. So that's it. Love the podcast. May hopefully I can contribute just a little bit and look forward to hearing it. Bye. Hey Anna Denise, it's John, aka Methodic John in Maryland. Um first and foremost I wanted to say thank you for doing the podcast. Um you know, I really do enjoy listening to you guys do the weekly or bi-weekly podcast. And it's been, you know, very helpful and for me to relate to some of the frustrations and excitement that I've had for Lost, you know, over the season. And, it's, you know, it's appreciated, the time and energy that you put into doing the podcast. So thank you. With respect to the most recent episode, you know, it was really insightful. I think, um, you know, I've, I've tried really hard to be optimistic and, and not negative, and I think the, that was easy this past week. You know, a good mix of story advancement and mythology, and, you know, candidly, I almost just want to stop analyzing because the reality is, what answers we get, we're going to get. It's not like this is season one and we're trying to analyze, well, like, what are the polar bears doing on this island? I mean, that's, you know, at this point in time, it's wrap-up. And so far, so so far, so good. That's all I got to say. So thank you. And I guess really just look forward to see what happens with the finale and see where that all kind of lands because there's so much out there. Um, to, to be done, frankly, uh, if they, if Lost ended you know, this week, I, I think I would be content. I mean, you know, we have to obviously get the resolution of this MIB storyline. But if it was just a never-ending loop, I think I'd be okay with that too because that's that's kind of the reality of life. You know, life never ends. There's always another set of challenges. So whether whether it's concluded definitively or whether it just continues to perpetuate either in a new cycle with the new man in black and a new, clearly a new Jacob, you know, either way it's great. And whatever happens if these flash sideways, I guess we've got to get some resolution there. Um, you know, they're going to do something. I think they're going to throw a curveball at us at the last second on the flyer sideways in the island world. Um, you know, I think maybe they're going to do um, the flash sideways is the primary and has always been the primary, and the sideways is what happens. Maybe that's the tangent. No, sideways has been the primary, and what happened on the island has been a tangent. I mean, I think they're going to do a curveball of some sort. So I guess the real question is, what is curveball, and uh, how are we going to react to it, and how are we going to like the conclusion here between the MIB uh, Jack storyline? <laughs> Jack, yeah. And uh, boy, I hope Richard isn't dead because that's one heck of a way to have a great character go out. Uh, I mean that negatively. That's a really foolish way to go. And um, guess we're going to see what happens with Miles. I really thought. He was done this episode because he did that little Alex reading. Uh, so. And Ben, I think he might turn it around. I think he's conning. I think, you know, he always has a plan. 
he, he said that before, and um, I guess he'd be disappointed if his character reverted back to that evil side um, and really became, you know, a pessimist and an antagonist uh, character uh, in light of, you know, the, the redemption that he had with Alana several episodes ago. And that would be disappointing to the Emerson's character. But, you know, whatever happens, happens, I guess. So, once again, thanks so much for the podcast. And uh, I guess I'll look forward to your next few podcasts here. And whatever you guys do after loss, I wish you the best of luck. And uh, maybe I can, you know, listen in on if you guys do other podcasts. Bye-bye. Thanks for those calls, John, even though they're a little old. It was good to kind of remember back to what we were thinking uh, back at The Candidate um, and how, yeah, it was sort of hard to be sad when we know that Sun and Jin are alive, but at the same time now that we know that that's the afterlife, it's sort of, I mean, it's it's not exactly relating to the real world when yeah. they're in the afterlife. So it's like they exist, but they don't exist in the same way that when we knew them and loved them on the island and in their flashbacks, you know, their whole story of him getting her father's permission to marry her and all Mm -hmm. that, everything we know that they went through. That just, you know, I think the real life just has so much more meaning behind it. Um, Um, I I thought it was interesting when you were predicting that the flash sideways was going to be the reality and mm -hmm. that the whole last six seasons is what, you know, had never happened. After hearing some people, even like Anna, saying that, you know, once they realized the whole Flash Sideways was, you know, not really real, they're much less invested in it. Well, I guess... So I think it would have been like a riot in the streets. If that became the primary... Yeah. I think so, but I'm not sure if I would say it wasn't real. I mean, it wasn't what I had been referring to as the real timeline, the island timeline, but I don't think that the afterlife is any less real than real life, I just well, prefer to see a story about yeah, but real you, life. but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that John mentioned that he almost wanted to stop analyzing. It's been kind of interesting yeah. after the finale, like, I don't feel, like, the urgency of analyzing yeah. stuff anymore. It's fun to talk about, but it's it's not like, we have to know this, we have to know that anymore. It's like, we got what we got. Yeah. We'll have season Whenever six happened, DVDs happened. on August twenty fourth. Which okay. um, I was just I was looking at Twitter just a second ago, and I guess Coke Logic was saying that they confirmed that there is going to be some sort of epilogue to uh, to the Ben and Hurley mm. on island business. Oh, good. So good. looking forward to that. I hope good, that's really good. true. That would be good. Okay, here's a blog comment from What They Died For, and this is from our faithful writer DJ Chow, who writes a comment on every episode. And, of course, we didn't do the podcast this episode, so here's what DJ Chow was thinking at that time. I loved this episode. I know a lot of people are going to say it felt rushed and things really move fast, but I remember there's only one episode left after this, and that's the final episode, so I'm on board in how they structured this episode. Widmore and maybe even Richard gone, I won't complain because they gave us enough of their background story to know where they came from, but anyone other than that probably has nothing more to do with the the main plotline. So those people out there who want to know all the dirty details of the hatred that Widmore and Ben have with one another is just going to have to make up their own story. I do find it odd that off-island, when Ben met with Widmore in his bedroom, he said he couldn't kill him, but it was just too easy for this episode. 
so I don't know if the writers forgot about that conversation or it was just words at the time. For Ben, say what you want. You all know that good or bad we love when Ben gets, how, how do you say, crafty and sneaky. <laughs> but I believe from the episode Dr. Linus that the writers put too much into his redemption to just make him take a U-turn back to his normal ways. I'm betting he's playing a con on Smokey, just waiting to see how he can do it. Killing Woodmore was probably just a bonus. Jack being the one to take over was sweet to see. It looks like that if things don't go the right way, that Smokey's going to destroy the island, and maybe um, leading us to the scene in the Flash Sideways, seeing it underwater, but it also looks like the Flash Sideways is also getting set up to somehow reverse it, and maybe Desmond is going to be a big key in both realities. Interesting predictions. Well, but Desmond was a very big key in both realities. But he was kind of the key to destroying... I mean, he pulled out the... The plug in the island started falling apart. Yeah. He was like the anti-key. Yeah. Anti-failsafe. But because of Desmond, you know, Man in Black was able to die. Yes, that's also true. So, oh, it's one of those paradoxes where you have to destroy something to save it. Mm-hmm. But it didn't fully destroy it, so. Saved it just it in time. It got worked out. <laughs> and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> well. Well. They did. I mean, Jack died, but he smiled before he died. <laughs> Jack he died ha happily, happily ever after? Ever five minutes. <laughs> no, he died happily ever after. <laughs> uh, here's another email from, Gr from Glenn in Scotland. It's been a long time since I was in touch, but after last week's episode, I had to put pen to paper, so to speak, since <laughs> this is an email. And this is from the second week of May, so... Oh, which episode did this be? I think this is for about the uh, about the sea, across the sea, <laughs> under the sea, <laughs> something about the sea. I think it was that episode. <laughs> this episode really, really frustrated me, big time. If this had been a season five episode, I'd have said it was a great one. But at this stage, I think to be raising new questions and mysteries is absurd. The description of the light, etc., was all too vague. But then, what's new? Where did Mother come from? How did she make it that they can't kill each other? And then, didn't Jacob go and kill Man in Black anyway? And that's kind of like um, what um, DJ Chow was saying about Ben killing Widmore. Uh -huh. Didn't we know that he couldn't do that? And then they just show us that he does it anyway. Um, how did the people know that sticking a wheel in a wall and turning it would transport them off the island? That seems like a huge stretch. Who or what killed the people and filled in the well... If it was Mother, as we're led to believe, then how? I could go on and on. We did get w an answer to one of the biggest mysteries in the show, but including the flashbacks to season one was, to quote Ryan from the transmission, and delicious. And just I love rubbish. That word. <laughs> it's a cool word. And to ask us to believe that Man in Black went through his whole life without being given a name is just plain silly. Aside from the above, I really like the story. I just wish it had been told a lot sooner so that the questions it raises could be answered. My fear is that when all's said and done, we're going to be left with far too many important unanswered questions and a lot of unhappy and disappointed fans. Did someone say Sopranos? Sorry for the major rant. <laughs> so, I've never seen The Sopranos, but I hear I it either. had a very unsatisfying ending. I've heard that too, but I haven't seen it. But do you think that Lost fans are now feeling like we have so many important unanswered questions, or do you think... We're mostly well, okay with the way it ended. I think maybe the first week or so people were probably, you know, a little bit more fired up in, I don't know, just in my mind of how I kind of was uh -huh. envisioning people's reactions because I was upset that there wasn't more answers. But, you know, after, you know, after a few days, after a rewatch, you just kind of, 
you know, you have to let go. Those answers aren't going to happen, so there's no, not really a point to being upset that they didn't. I think Lost fans are overall handling it very well. I think so. All right, should we uh, listen to another voicemail? Okay. All right, I think uh, we've got one from the JD man. Well, hello, mother, co-sister Denise. This is the beloved JD man. Yes, I admit that last part was extremely lame. Sorry. Anyways. Yeah, you know, it's real interesting. Our episode ends with Jacob um, saying a prayer over the water, I, I guess. I, I don't know. And he gives it to Jack, and Jack's the chosen one. Okay. On the episode before the finale, they decide Jack is the one who's going to be doing it at the end. No. Who it's, it's going to end up being is the last person you'd expect, which is probably Sawyer. Now, I don't know how or why or how that's going to come about, but I'm sure it's not going to be Jack. And the episode would have probably, in the first five minutes or at the end of the first hour of the finale, Jack will be gone. Smokey will end up killing him or something along those lines. So... Now, you know, it could be real easy to, you know, well, Jack's the leader and that's what's going to go. But this is lost. And you know they're not going to turn down an opportunity to pull a gotcha on the audience. And that's basically my thoughts, well, single thought on this episode and preview for the finale. So, until next time, this is the JD Man, and I'll talk to you guys later. Alright, thanks JD Man, that was his... Um... Thank you, co-brother. <laughs> co-brother. That was funny. JD Man, you <laughs> said it was lame, but Denise was sitting here saying, WIN! <laughs> so she enjoyed awesome. that. And if anyone hasn't listened to um, Donald has Lost Myth Arc at the end of this season... Um, there was an episode kind of based on Across the Sea where Denise and the JD man were brother and sister. And I got to play the voice of the mother, and I don't know if people recognized it because I like did an actual voice where I was Alice and Jenny. Oh, look, I love how light in the island. I love how you're like, do I sound like Allison? <laughs> I know, I said that and he left that line in there. I know, funny. that was great. I'm your mother. Do I sound like Alice and Jenny? I'm, I was like, I don't know if people really recognize my voice. Maybe they did. And they're just like, that's lame. <laughs> you sound like yourself. But I... No, it's me it that can't do voices. Okay. Strangest coincidence? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little off topic. But last year, someone on Twitter, and I don't remember who, some lost person that I talked to on Twitter told me that I laugh like Alice and Janney's character on West Wing. Oh, I've never seen West Wing. I haven't either, but I remember going and looking up who that character was. and trying to find on YouTube what she sounded like when she laughed. And there was just this little clip. And then when it was Alice and Janie, I looked her up to see what she had been in. I saw she was in West Wing. And then I looked her up and I was like, no, 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 because Jed played that thing on his video podcast. He played the same clip from the West Wing that I had seen. And I was like, that woman? Alice and Janie? And then I got to play her voice in the <laughs> arc. So it all came back together. 
Um, but anyway, back to JD Man's comment. Um, he made a good prediction that it wasn't actually going to be Jack. Yeah. Because I wasn't really thinking that at that point before the finale. I was like, oh, okay, it's Jack. And I yeah, like I was that just... it's Jack. Yeah. Jack's a great leader. And he, at the beginning of Lost, he would be the last person you'd expect. And he's become the person you would expect. But JD Man suggested Sawyer. I definitely wouldn't have expected him. But Hurley is also... Well, Sawyer not, played not so much more of a, a bigger part in season five. He hasn't played that much of a big part in That's season true. six. That's true. So it was more fitting for him to leave the island and kind of have the opportunity well, to go back to a normal life. finally get to leave the island, you know. Yes. Yes. Whereas Hurley, he's just always involved in kind of strange things, winning the lottery and his bad luck and good luck in the side. There's just always something strange surrounding him. So I guess and it, the fact it makes that Hurley's sense. Hurley's awesome. Well, yes. I love Hurley. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody loves Hurley. Makes him a perfect leader. Yeah. So, any other comments on what the JD man said? Um, he did say that Smokey would kill Jack as soon as possible. <laughs> but, you know, not really so much. No, I mean, they but, worked together for... I mean, actually, you know, I, I guess I didn't think it would end up being so easy to kill Smokey once the, you know, the cork stopper had been removed. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be harder. Yeah, well, it did take wrestling, punches, gunshot, and then throwing him over the cliff, you know, so to make sure he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> really dead. Not just three-fourths of the way. Yeah, 100% dead. Want to make sure. <laughs> so This is I'll... what happens when we podcast at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> Yes, and when you've been at the hospital for like 13 hours today. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, we're going to stop there, I think, for now. We also wanted to acknowledge a couple emails that we'd received sometime over the season that just, um, they were sort of outdated because we um, kind of got the answer already, so we didn't really think it was worth reading them and going over them in great detail, but we did want to say thank you, Scotty Six, who is a very faithful writer and... Um, he always is writing out a thought or two and sending it off to a bunch of podcasters, and we appreciate that. And also Mallory from Michigan had written in um, some comments as well. So we want to thank you guys for that. Um, we have a few more things of feedback to get through next time, and I think that next time is going to be our last full episode of a podcast. We'll, yes? have, we'll have one more short one after that. Yes, we have something planned for our final podcast that's just going to be us, you know, kind of saying goodbye. But uh, next time, if you want to write in and say goodbye, write in and share final thoughts to sentences describing Lost, which I need to compile and give to the guy at my church that asked me for yeah. of sentences because I think he'd be interested to read what everybody said. Um, if you want to send in anything, then do that for next time and we will go over that and it's really sad mm -hmm. to say goodbye. That'll, that episode will be about two weeks from now or It'll so. It'll be um, probably the Tuesday after the 4th of July is when we'll record that. So, yeah, two yeah. more weeks before we get to that point. Um, and then we're kind of we're kind of going different directions. I'm looking for a job, and you're staying around town to finish nursing school. And I don't want to think about you going away yet. It's sad. Well, I mean, I know you have to go get a big people job. <laughs> yes, I have but... to grow up. I have to grow up now. I'm finishing grad school on Friday. 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 <laughs> so, 
that's sort of where we are in our lives, so we're kind of, you know, going different directions, but that doesn't mean we can't ever post another podcast if we want to do something when the DVDs come out or do something yeah. later, or you guys just swamp us with feedback in the next couple weeks, but things are pretty calm, so I don't really see that happening. But, you know, we could still do something or host some live calls later if we, uh, if it'd, people wanted to do that. It'd be fun to have a live call around the, uh, the DVD release date. It would be fun. Maybe, it'd like, be fun that weekend or something. See if we could get people we don't really know from yeah. our listeners to call in. That'd be really fun. Yeah. So, actually, if you're interested in that, just drop us a line, anna.in.indiana at gmail.com, and just say, hey, I'd be interested in this, and I'll hang on to that, and we can plan that in a couple months when yeah. the DVDs come out. Actually, about two months from from Friday. Yeah. From Thursday. Oh, wow. Two Only two 24th. months. 24th. Yep. This summer is going way too fast. <laughs> way too fast. Very fast. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you um, want to get in touch, you can go to jacobscabinpodcast.com, leave a comment on our blog, email, uh, the voicemail number's there. You can call us and leave a voicemail comment. We'll play that on the show. Whatever you want to do. And um, we just want to say thanks for listening. Yeah, you guys are awesome. We have the best listeners. Absolutely the best. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Happy 4th of July, almost. (laughs) It's the best holiday. They have fireworks. For your birthday. Yes, they do. Yep. episode was provided by the pod show pod safe music network check them out at music.podshow.com Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.